Welcome to Lethal Dose, your favorite toxicology-focused podcast where we delve into true crime cases involving drugs and poisons. My name is Venus Dineko. I'm a layperson fascinated by true crime. My name is Kayla Woods. I'm an author and toxicologist. Let's get started. giving out the Nintendo Wii tomorrow morning. Are you ready? Absolutely. Um, it's for my wife. Are you a good holder? <laughs> I, I think so. We're going to start it at 6.20, and then every 10 minutes, you guys are going to drink, uh, I think it's eight ounces of water. Yep. How much longer do you think you could go, Jennifer? Um, as long as my stomach will continue to let me. I don't know. Maybe a couple more. Oh, my gosh. Look at her belly. Are you pregnant? <laughs> Come on over, Jennifer. Are you okay? You want to lay down? What do you, what do you, she can't even walk. You're going to pass out right now. Too much water. Jennifer, I heard that it's not, you're not doing too well. My head hurts. Aww. They keep telling me that it's the, the water, that it's my, it'll tell my head to hurt and then it'll make me puke, but. Who, who told you that, the intern? Yeah. That's one of the notes over there? Like, it kind of, it makes you, it hurts, but it makes you feel lightheaded, so I'm not sure if I'm just like. This is what it feels like when you're drowning. There's a lot of water inside of you. Oh, it hurts. So Kayla has another one that I think is going to freak everybody out. Let's talk about how water can kill you. (laughs) It's not about freaking everyone out. It's about public safety. Sure. (laughs) That's, That's what everybody thought when we got all of the comments about our salt episode. Everybody was thinking, yes, public safety. I I was. I was thinking, I know a lot of people who want to just eat salt by the spoonful. Let me save my friends. Now I just do it with guilt and and apprehension. I go, oh, here we go. When I drink the pickle juice. But but so where where are we headed this week? On January 12, 2007, DJs on Sacramento's KDND's Morning Rave Show were hosting a Hold Your Wii for a Wii contest. <laughs> Clever. Yeah, someone's really proud of that one. <laughs> Where 18 contestants were given two minutes to drink a 250 milliliter bottle of water, so like a smallish bottle of water, and then were given more water to drink at 10-minute intervals until they couldn't hold their urine any longer and had to drop out of the contest. This is going to end poorly. I can't already... Because well, I mean, we're talking about it. We're talking it, about it. <laughs> we're talking about it. But According to one of the contestants, James Ibarra, they were small little half-pint bottles, so we thought it was going to be easy. But he quit after drinking five bottles because he had to pee so bad. And after he dropped out, he said the remaining contestants were given even larger bottles of water to drink. Another contestant, Gina Sherrod, said that she had to stop after drinking half of one of the larger bottles because she was too nauseated to continue and felt drunk and really out of it. The contest lasted for four hours inside the KDND studio, during which time listeners called into the studio to inform the DJs of the dangers of ingesting too much water, which the DJs disregarded, although they did acknowledge that they had some understanding of the dangers of water intoxication because they alluded to a previous local case that resulted in the death of a college student 
and they flippantly stated that all of the contestants had signed release waivers. Oh, dude. Can't you get water poisoning and, like, die? Water water. Your body is 98% water. Why can't you take in as much water as you want? I don't know. That poor kid is I know. I was thinking. Yeah, well, he was doing other things. Maybe we should have researched this I don't know. I mean... Eva? Yes. What do you want to say? I want to say that, um... That those people that are drinking all that water can get sick and possibly die from water intoxication. Yeah, we're aware of that. We're yeah, they, sign, they sign releases, so we're not responsible. It's okay. And, and if they get to the point where they have to throw up, then they're going to throw up and they're out of the contest before they die. So that's good, right? Oh, that's me. <laughs> I suppose so. Yeah. All right. Do you guys, How come you guys Thanks didn't do it? Thanks for looking out, though. We don't want to die. Just because you signed a release waiver does not mean that it isn't harmful it almost and actually implies that hey we know this thing is harmful like when you go to the skating rink and you sign the waiver hey if you break your arm it's not the skating rink's fault it's your fault right so if you die from this or if you have any kind of harm it's your fault you right. knew what you it's like the you knew what you were getting yourself into yeah so, i don't know to me it implies that they knew that it was dangerous almost I think that they were just trying to cover their asses and they didn't actually think anything through. Fair enough. Fair enough. Even worse, as the contestants began to complain of severe discomfort from the early stages of water intoxication, the DJs continued to make jokes, which would only in a few hours prove to not age well. Oh, okay. Let me ask Carter Ew. if anybody's dying. We ain't dying. Hey, Carter, is anybody is anybody dying in there? Uh, we got a guy just about to die. <laughs> oh, good. Make sure you sign that I like that, that we laugh at that. Yeah. Make sure he signs the release. Get the insurance on that, please. One contestant, 28-year-old Jennifer Strange, who was trying to win the console as a gift for her three children, told the DJ she had a headache from drinking all the water, so much that they actually commented that she looked pregnant from the distension in her stomach. I'm Jennifer sure that made her comfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jennifer drank two gallons of water over the course of four hours. <sighs> Jennifer ended up coming in second place and winning tickets to a Justin Timberlake concert. When she and the winner of the contest, Lucy Davidson, went to the bathroom, Davidson said that they were both extremely pale. Davidson also said that she had never felt so sick in her life and passed out only 15 minutes after leaving the station. Holy shit. Yeah, she could have died too. Oh, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> Strange would not get off so lucky. She called her supervisor at the Radiological Associates of Sacramento and told them that she couldn't come into work that day because she was just in terrible pain and headed home. Only five hours after leaving the station, Strange's mother, Nina Holst, found her dead in her home. That fucking quick. Mm-hmm. Water yeah. is not messing around. No. So if if they were able to have gone to the bathroom, do you, would they have survived? Or was it just that they drank that much in such a short period of time? Yeah, we'll talk about the amount of water that leads to intoxication and the rate. But I think that if she had been given medical attention while she was still at the station, she could have been fine. But, like, just going to the bathroom, bathroom alone. wasn't enough. Even, like, yeah, throwing up, going to the bathroom, getting the water out of her system that was still in mm -hmm. her stomach, it wouldn't have been enough because it was already getting into, you know, cellular areas. Gotcha. So immediately upon her autopsy, the coroner suspected water intoxication because it was estimated, like I said, that she drank approximately two gallons of water during the contest. 
do they is there a telltale sign in the body that shows like this is a water intoxication or was it just because they had the context of what she was doing leading up to it I think the context helped, but I would say that probably the most telltale sign is um, serum levels, which we'll also talk about, but I think those are probably the most indicative. Or um, the vitreous humor of the eye they could probably take levels for. But yeah, I think that's probably the most like, yeah, this is it. Homicide detectives were assigned to investigate her death, and 10 employees were fired from the radio station, including the three DJs who hosted the contest. The radio station said that it would cooperate with the investigation and Strange's family filed a wrongful death lawsuit. However, in a TV interview later, one of the DJs claimed that they didn't do anything wrong and they were just doing their jobs. Mm. A lawyer out of Sacramento, a guy named Portanova, pointed out that the DJs did allude to the 2005 hazing death of Matthew Carrington by water intoxication and therefore they knew the dangers inherent to the contest. Yeah, this this is where it gets gross for me because I really did want to play devil's advocate for the DJs at least because, you know, like they said, they're just doing their job. They're just carrying out this contest. But when you said callers are calling in and saying, hey, yeah. this is fucking dangerous. Like people can die. Mm-hmm. It's or in the fact that they, they themselves talked about a hazing situation, yeah. flat out negligence. Yeah. So after they led their investigation, did they end up pressing charges of any kind? Yeah. So in October of 2009, the station's owner, Entercom Sacramento, was held liable and forced to pay $16.6 million to to Strange's surviving husband and children for their DJs and station managers acting negligently. Defense attorneys argued that Strange's death was unforeseeable and resulted from her own contributory negligence, but the Sacramento County Superior Court's jury ultimately decided that Intercom Sacramento and its employees ignored several warning signs that the contest could have fatal consequences. That's good that the family was compensated in some way because mm-hmm. I was really worried there for a minute that it was like, nope, they knew that what they or they didn't do their due diligence. So they got what they deserve. Like, that's what it seemed like it was going to. So that's that's a relief. Yeah. Um, was there anything further that happened oh, to yeah. the station? Yeah. In April of 2017, the Sacramento County District Attorney announced that no criminal charges would be filed for the death mm. because Strange willingly participated in the contest and, according to them, quote, showed no visible symptoms to suggest she was seriously ill or in danger of dying. Which I feel like if that was their premise, that should have just get, gotten thrown out and not been justification at all. Because it seemed pretty obvious that she was seriously ill. Yeah, like, in especially when other contestants are also feeling that way. And some, yeah, I don't know. Uh, they also said that she, quote, knew what the contest involved when she entered it and had the option to stop or discontinue her participation in the contest at any time. I don't know that she knew that she that it could lead to death though. Like it's yeah, like I, I think that she was probably like I'm going to be uncomfortable, but I don't think she right. thought she was going to die. Like I don't because if if anybody really knew what was at stake with a contest like this, they probably wouldn't have entered. Yeah, like it's just that whole my bladder's going to hurt like like hell, and she had kids, so she probably already figured like oh I've been through this. 
Right, right. Well, and actually that, that Gina Sherrod who said that she had to quit because she was too nauseated, she learned about Strange's death, and then she was afraid to go to sleep that night because she was like, am I going to die? I, and very, very much, so, like, I think that that's warranted. Yeah. <laughs> like, I definitely would have also been up all night like, well, I'm going to die now. <laughs> right, right. Strange's family's wrongful death lawsuit contended that the employees did not research the contest or warn contestants of the risks, nor did they provide medical help to contestants who complained about feeling ill during the contest. They also stated that contestants were never actually asked to sign the off-referenced liability waiver. So there was just there was just none of that happening. There's, so this, the thing that they were so gung-ho about the, being the reason that it was okay that these people died didn't even fucking happen? <laughs> no, apparently not. But like, and no one really understood the harm that yeah. could happen because there was no like you could die from this activity warning like there, there was no jackass like preface to it like god yeah the thought that johnny knoxville might be more like <laughs> yeah. like of a you know resource than anybody who was in the station at the time <laughs> but in but in like honestly like why not get help medical help for the people who were there like that's what i'm not understanding like maybe they just really thought that these people were milking it or it wasn't that serious i don't i don't know i mean the people who left just because they were nauseated maybe didn't look like they needed attention. We'll we'll obviously get into the symptoms later, but I just feel like, especially when people are starting to get really pale and they're like, yeah, my head hurts, that to me is bordering on like, oh, maybe we should stop this. Maybe we should call in somebody. But I feel like they probably didn't even have anybody on call. It seemed like they just had an intern monitoring people. In the right. Because, I mean, they obviously didn't think it was that big of a deal. Yeah. So why would they have, like, EMTs standing by or something? Ugh, yeah. So the FCC actually got involved in the investigation. Um, and for anybody who's not in the U.S., that's the Federal Communications Committee, I think. Commission? 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 Uh, something? Yep. They are in charge of, like, all radio stations. And um, that was spurred on, at least in part, by Strange's lawyer who contacted the FCC and called for the radio station to be shut down. And the radio station wasn't shut down, but the FCC didn't renew their license. And so it was bought by CBS in 2017 and moved to a different station that wasn't on the same FM frequency. So Nothing eventually, to see here, basically. Right. And then this is the part I kind of hate is that the station DJs who hosted the contest all found jo jobs at different radio stations. I, of, I mean, of course they did. Like... It it seems to me like nobody took what none of them would have taken it seriously because yeah. I mean like you were just holding a contest it's not your fault like but in the clips that we've heard mm -hmm. it's very eerie or foreboding yeah. yeah yeah but can we get to the sciencey side of things yeah. Yeah, How the fuck it. does water kill us? <laughs> because right. we're made up of so much of it, it freaks me out. Well, and that's what one of the DJs said. He was like, oh, we're made up of water. Right. How can it hurt can us? It... Well, and that's and that's what I want. Like, how, like, I want to get down to the business. Like, how does it kill us? First, I'll tell you about the symptoms so that we can kind of get a clearer picture for what it looks like and what Strange may have gone through. 
uh, and what was ignored by the radio station. So in the early stages, it presents with confusion, disorientation, nausea, vomiting, and possible changes in mental state to include psychosis. And it might actually be missed depending on the situation because it can look a lot like alcohol intoxication. Like like she was saying, she felt like, or not the other woman. I felt uh, drunk and out of it. I felt she was drunk, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I, I tried to look into this a little bit more because there are a lot of cases that are associated with some sort of like schizoid type mental illnesses that, you know, result in a water intoxication, hospitalization or death. And so I was like, well, chicken or the egg here, is it associated with psychosis because they already have that kind of going on? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't seem to be, actually. It seems like people who don't have any sort of schizoid-type behavior or tendencies can actually develop psychosis. So Interesting. Yeah. So the real danger of water intoxication is that it leads to hyponatremia. So everybody should think the opposite of the Garnet Spears salt overdose death, which was hypernatremia. This is the exact opposite, hyponatremia. So getting rid of, instead of having too much salt, you don't have enough. Yep, not enough salt in the blood. Yeah. Now, despite the body being 45% water, it's around 75% at most in infancy, but as adults, it's only about 45%. We are very sensitive to the changes in concentration of salt in our body, and that can easily be changed by drinking too much water. Hyponatremia is a dilution of the salt and other electrolytes in the blood to the point where they are no longer serving their function in the body, and that can lead to a disruption of kidney function, seizures, strokes, coma, and death. Water intoxication provokes disturbances in electrolyte imbalance, The body's cells are forced to absorb the water to restore this concentration and return to homeostasis, but the inflammation of the cells continues and disrupts other bodily functions until eventually the swelling reaches the brain cells and causes cerebral edema that then results Mm. in the strokes, coma, or death. The development of acute dilutional hyponatremia can cause neurological symptoms, so that psychosis, because of the water movement into the brain cells, in response to the fall and what's called extracellular osmolality. And how quickly does this happen? It depends. And so with the acute stuff, it can happen like hours, very quickly. Like her. Yeah. Um, but it can also happen over a much longer period of time. Okay. But as I said earlier, since it depends on the, on the serum levels, it, it can actually almost be monitored in the blood, kind of like blood alcohol can be monitored in the blood where you're like, okay, at this level, we're going to start expecting these kind of symptoms. It's the same with um, serum for salt. Gotcha. So when the serum sodium falls below a certain amount, the first symptom is always nausea because the stomach isn't able to hold, you know, this intense amount of water that you're putting into it. And then after that, you're going to get slurred speech, weakness, headache, bloating, hallucinations will set in, and then muscle cramps because the body's trying to establish homeostasis. Severe symptoms occur with very low sodium concentrations, so that's also a specific set of numbers. And as the sodium concentration falls, the symptoms progress from confusion and psychosis to drowsiness and then eventual coma and death from cerebral edema. Mm -hmm. It is for this reason that severe hyponatremia has a mortality rate of 50% among those who contracted because of the cerebral edema. Like, Strange probably went home, and then her brain swelled, and then she probably had a seizure and died. Mm. Yeah. And and this was just hours. 
hours after yeah just yeah. hours after it, she drank the water it can happen pretty quickly so in terms of the liters of water ingested or the milli, you know the ounces of water ingested which i'm sure this is what everybody wants to know this is why everybody has tuned in we don't regularly check our sodium serum levels so if i were to even right. tell you like okay below 110 millimoles per liter you'd be like what the fuck does that even mean i'm not gonna right. be checking I so am, i am going what the fuck does that even mean <laughs> so when 0.5 percent or more of body water is lost that's when we start to feel thirsty we are very sensitive very sensitive plant people <laughs> the kidneys can only excrete 20 to 28 liters of water a day and you know this is in adults and they can't excrete more than 800 to 1,000 milliliters per hour. So hyponatremia usually occurs when someone drinks three to four liters of water, like in a short period of time, you know, not over a whole day. Right. Or when they exceed an amount equal to 800 to 1,000 milliliters per hour. And just for everybody who's like, I don't know what a milliliter is, that's fine, no judgment. 800 to 1,000 milliliters, that's 27 to about 33 ounces. And 3 to 4 liters is 12 to 16-ish cups of water, or you can imagine two 2-liter two bottles of water. And that was in an hour, you were saying? So you can't exceed more than a liter per hour. Gotcha. Yeah. So if you have 4 liters in 4 hours, that's like the most you can have. Bad news. Bad news. Bad okay. news. There are also biological conditions that can put you at risk for water intoxication, including hypothyroidism, cirrhosis, and a cortisone deficiency, uh, because these all affect the water and electrolyte uh, balance in your body already. And taking medications like antidepressants, diuretics, um, they also have negative impacts because they decrease the blood sodium levels. So if you're already decreasing your blood sodium levels, I mean, it's all about the salt balance in your blood. And so it could so be- So you can have even less. Yes, yes. Gotcha. So you'd want to be mindful of that. Athletes, historically, have also been at a higher risk for water intoxication. Before the 1970s, athletes, I guess, prided themselves on, you know, running marathons without drinking water. And I don't, hmm. I don't know if this is actually the athletes, because if we recall the Strychnine episode, I feel like the guy in the marathon probably desperately wanted water and didn't want like egg yolks and strychnine like he probably would have been fine with water right but i guess they just didn't i guess they were like oh you're just adding we're weight just... that you have to carry yeah or just weird flex but yeah okay. weird <laughs> weird flex but okay yeah totally but you know around the 1970s athletes were advised to overcompensate for their thirst during training and then the, the negative impact of this was that they were instructed to ingest as much water as tolerable. And so then it really went from like one extreme to the other. Like yeah. no water, bad. No water. Theater, all the water. All the water. <laughs> Can't possibly hurt you. And then in 1981, uh, we found the first case of exercise-associated hyponitremia. And then after 1981, there were 10 documented deaths from exercise-associated hyponatremia from water intoxication. So is this when sports drinks saw a rise in popularity because they also have salt in them? Yes, around the 80s they did. And it was probably after the exercise-associated hyponatremia that they're like, oh, oh, it's not just water. <laughs> we need more than just the water here. We need more than that. We also need salt. Okay, 
cool. Okay. Yeah. All right. And this is where it gets a little dark. Oh, we didn't put any warnings up at the top. So for this section. Could... Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, I, I decided not to focus on child abuse because we did that with the Garnet Spears case. And I know everybody can only stand so much of that. I'm going to talk about child abuse in this section. So another population uh, among which this condition is prevalent is infants. And I found an article from Johns Hopkins Pediatric Center that reported that at least three to four cases of water intoxication happen every summer, and that usually uh, presents itself with seizures in the infants. And these seizures are not harmful in the long run to the baby's health, which is good to know, but they, they can be severe and they can be prevented. Infants are particularly susceptible to seizures from water intoxication because they don't have enough sources in their diet to replace mm. the extra salts. They don't. Right. They're not taking in as much, like as much of a complex diet as adults are mm-hmm. to offset it. So it's like it tip the scales get tipped very easily. Is yeah. what I'm hearing. Yeah. Gotcha. And then sometimes kids with certain chronic illnesses can actually meet the definition of hyponatremia, but they don't have the disease, and so it's just a side effect of their chronic illness. And then you know if if they do end up with hyponatremia they can be given increases in sodium, serum sodium, and they'll, they'll be fine. Everything will be fine. And we'll talk more about treatment later. But in infants, it's actually like it can happen. And if it's treated quickly, they will be okay. Okay. And that's the best part that I have to say about this. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so part of the reason that it's so dangerous in kids is because of their brain-to-skull size ratio. So if they do end up with enough water and usually they end up drinking too water because of child abuse because it's forced on them by an adult it can be mm. it can be pretty severe and lead to those seizures and stuff because of their brain to skull ratio because um, they have such little, little yeah 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 there were two researchers that reported that the most commonly reported form of child abuse cases of intentional poisoning so abuse cases and then poisoning specifically, is excessive salt ingestion and water restriction followed by excessive water ingestion. So we're hitting all the best hits here with child abuse. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) And then another researcher reported that among pediatric patients who have visited hospital emergency room due to accidents, 1.3 to 15%, which is a pretty like wide margin of error, but they were presumed to have been victims of abuse or neglect. Because kids don't know what too little or too much is. I think that they have the bodily sense for it, but they don't think that you're trying to kill them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so that's where we're going to get into the deep shit because there was a local case here that has been reported on by local papers here, including the Gazette. And so I'm going to go over the details of that now. And this is where it gets rough. Sergeant First Class Ryan Sabin and Tara Sabin both faced charges of first-degree murder and child abuse, resulting in death and six counts of misdemeanor child abuse after their son, Zachary Sabin, was found dead in a urine-soaked diaper in spring of 2020, according to the El Paso County Sheriff's Office. An arrest affidavit said that Zachary was also physically abused and listed five other children as victims of abuse. Holy shit. Mm Mm-hmm. They didn't, they really went, they really went for it. That's fucked. And this is another situation where it was a father and a stepmother. 
Zachary died after forced water intoxication because he was made to drink four 24-ounce bottles of water over a four-hour time period without eating. Holy shit. He started vomiting. He developed pain in his legs. He became nonverbal and drowsy, and then he was put to bed. Um, and the entire time he was actually being, I don't want to say punished because that seems almost too light of a word, but he was also being verbally and physically abused as he was being forced to drink this intense amount of water because he had blood on his left eyebrow and forehead and he had bruises on his head, arms, shin, and buttocks. The Colorado Department of Human Services had been in contact with the family before his death, which is I don't know, just a really tragic part of this case Mm -hmm. that they had visited the family family previously, and then this still led to a child's death. According to the arrest affidavit, which is, it's interesting that there was even an arrest affidavit, because they actually did turn themselves in after the the coroner was like, seems sketchy. Right, we know what what happened here, so. Yeah. His father found him at around 6 a.m. the morning after he was forced to ingest all this water Um, and then in an interview with deputies the stepmother said that he had a hereditary urological issue that caused him to wet his bed which why are you making him drink all this water then yeah that sounds very counterintuitive yeah they said that his urine was dark and so they wanted him to drink at least two 32 ounce waters bottles of water a day which i don't know if that's like healthy for an 11 year old like i know that we're supposed to drink like more water a day than most of us do but i don't know if that's a normal amount of water yeah i mean i feel because it's like eight cups or whatever so it's like 64 ounces so that's like for an adult that's for an adult yeah yeah not an 11 year old the boy's biological mother angela tutkin testified saying she wasn't aware of any underlying medical issues that zachary had and she didn't know that she didn't know of any doctor's orders for him to drink a specific amount of water. So this is all very sketch. Yeah. So the night of the incident, uh, Ryan Sabin came home. He found that Zachary was sipping water and throwing it up and saying that he didn't want to drink the water, which like, yeah, water of intoxication. Of course he yeah. didn't. And then Ryan t- told his son he was throwing up because he was drinking the water too slowly and allowing air to build up in his stomach. Uh. And so... He told the kid to chug the water like he did in the army while the rest of the family ate dinner, and Zachary got no dinner. Uh, The stepmother told her son, her stepson, he was being dramatic and uh, said that, you know, he would also be dramatic when he was told to do exercises for physical therapy, that he would cry and throw a temper tantrum. At around 9 o'clock that night, he told his father that his legs hurts, and then he threw another temper tantrum. And apparently Ryan kicked him twice and then ordered him to get up. He hit his head at some point. They sent him outside on the deck because they thought the cold air would snap him out of his tantrum. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. You mean him being poisoned? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he, then he started to go into the um, more of the behavioral stuff. Like, maybe the tantrum was the beginnings of it, but he started slumping forward and snoring. He was told to get up because it was time to go to bed. He went into the kitchen and started bumping into things and making unintelligible noises, was sent to bed, and then was found dead the next morning. Another child in the house said that he saw Zachary throw up multiple times and testified that sometimes the children would be forced to stay up until midnight or beyond midnight so that their chores would be completed. And the coroner said that the boy's brain was swollen, fluid was found in his lung and in his heart cavities, and his sodium levels in his blood were all low. 
and all of this was clear evidence of forced water intoxication. Ryan Sabin, as far as I know, because there haven't been any updates since 2020, is still facing murder charges. But Tara Sabin, the stepmother, had the murder charges against her dropped in May of 2020. So this what? is still a pending case. Um, seems like she was pretty much a part of the whole thing and yeah. could have said, hey, maybe we don't abuse the kids. Yeah. At any point in time. Yeah. Okay. I I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess that's a pretty common kind of story, unfortunately. I mean, they're not listening to our show because we're just now covering. But, like, where do they find this shit? <laughs> like, do people literally go, like how to abuse my child like because if it's that prevalent like if it's i wonder if it's that they're not trying to kill their kids and so they don't think the water will they just think that it's going to make them severely uncomfortable Mm. like i'm then it's like an unfortunate byproduct of the abuse yeah so I don't know. I I would assume. So I would assume that they don't think that it's going to kill them. But when you're in such a severe child abuse case, especially because him having been kicked while he was down. And when they say that, oh, at some point he just hit his head. It's like, uh, at some point he just hit his head? Really? Right. Like, not like, buying it. It seems like those situations do tend to escalate over the course of several years. And especially with multiple children in the house, they escalate with one children, you know, one child and then another so it's just not surprising i guess that in a case like that something ended up killing him it could have been that they hit him too hard but in this case it was just that they forced him to drink so much water right it just it it was not the intended consequence right gotcha right all right so if you tried to skip ahead because of the child abuse stuff We're over that now. We're going to talk about the last group of people that are at elevated risk for accidental self-induced water intoxication. And those are just people who are sick. Anybody listening, when Mm. they're given the, you know, advice when you're sick, just drink water. You just got to drink water and it out of your system. Yep. And true, stay hydrated, but don't (laughs) overhydrate. Because people suffering from gastroenteritis, which is just a stomach bug, heat stroke, urinary tract infections, they're the people who are also at risk of poisoning themselves with water because they're like oh water can't hurt me (laughs) it's fine it's water right how could it hurt you and then as i said too mentally ill individuals especially those with schizoid type mental illness are also at risk for disorganized behavior that could lead to self-induced water intoxication for a variety of reasons so is there anything that we can do for it oh yeah yeah Treatment of water intoxication, it does depend on the amount of excess water consumed as that correlates with the amount of, you know, the imbalance and how far you've pushed things to one side. But if it's caught in the early stages, as with most things, you can be treated with IV fluid containing electrolytes so that you can put the salt back into your body Mm. and then just deal with, you know, having to excrete the water from your body. You can also eat more salty foods, and so that's probably for people who are more at risk of, like, the chronic stuff, so the people who are on diuretics that might make it so that they're more susceptible to hyponatremia. You can just increase the amount of salty food you eat, and you won't end up 
you know, with hypernatremia, likely, right. but dose makes the poison. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't overdo it. Yeah. <laughs> and then more severe cases or cases that have been allowed to progress a little further, they might require vasosuppressin receptor agonists that inhibit the release of vasopressin from the pituitary gland so that the kidneys can be relieved from overworking to filter the water and the excess water won't mm. be conserved in the body and you can just pee it out. Gotcha. Yeah. One form of this condition, self-induced hyponatremia, usually um, this is with those mentally ill individuals, it ends up being an acute case that can only be treated through hospitalization and rapid intervention. But I would also say if you feel like you are hyponatremic, don't just try to, you know, eat salt. Like, go go get monitored, go get put on an IV, because you don't want to end up in a disorganized state or in a psychotic state and be alone or be around people who don't know how to help you or physically cannot help you. Well, because you're only going to make it worse. Like, if you're already mm-hmm. going off, you know, if you're already unorganized mm-hmm. and then drinking more water and more water is just going to make it worse. Right, and right. Yeah. It should be noted that any prolonged decrease in blood sodium levels, so the amount of time that you're allowed to go into a hyponatremic state, it increases the risk of permanent cerebral damage. And so you just want to deal with that as quickly as possible. And then the last thing I wanted to say is that there are a couple of drugs in particular that can cause this hyponatremia, um, including the anticonvulsant carbamazepine, and the hormone oxytocin, which we naturally produce, but is sometimes given as infusions, especially mm. um, with certain gynecological issues, so following birth or abortions, I think. And at that point, you're already being monitored, but I just thought it was interesting. But still worth noting. Worth noting, yep. That is all I really had to say about water intoxication. It sounds... Another one that I... I... It's a lot easier to happen than I thought. Like my partner, honestly, I drink a lot of water and he always tells like, don't get water belly. Don't get water belly. And, He's right. And, and he is right. He is right. It can happen a lot easier than I originally thought. Uh-huh. Like yeah. I, I honestly thought that it was something like you'd have to drink like 10 gallons of water. And I'm like, who's yeah. doing that? I think my husband still thinks that, too, because even as I was doing the research, he was like, I've drank, like, I don't even know how much he said. It was some ridiculous amount. And I was like, well, don't. Don't 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 do it. Don't do that. (laughs) But it's just, it's kind of, I don't know, it's ridiculous because we've been given so many, at least you and I have over the course of our lives, so many mixed messages about how much water to drink. Like, do I drink eight cups of water every day? And I really feel like you just need to listen to your body because it is so sensitive to dehydration that you can be like, oh, I, I'm dipping below a little bit. I should mm-hmm. do something to improve that. But I don't think that you need to, like, ensure that your pee is always absolutely clear. No. <laughs> I think you just need to listen to your body. Well, it's just like when your body, there are times that you crave that salt. Yeah. Yeah. You probably need it. Yeah. And listen do to it. your body and don't overdo it. And I mean, you know, it's going to be different with some people because, you know, you might have pica and crave salt to the point where it's dangerous for you. But if you know that that's not a problem for you, just eat salt until you're content and then stop. (laughs) Same with water. (laughs) Be safe out there. Be safe. (laughs) Okay. And that's it? That's where we're ending it? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what to end it on. (laughs) 
Because <laughs> all I keep wanting to say is don't abuse your kids. Don't do <laughs> stupid radio contests and stay hydrated. Yeah, common sense. There we go. <laughs> okay. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please like, follow, subscribe, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. For more Lethal Dose content, you can find us at Lethal Dose Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. For an overdose of content, subscribe on Patreon for exclusive episodes and much more. The show theme is Look Far by our dear wizard friend Fogweaver. More of their music can be found on bandcamp.com. Lethal Dose is created, researched, produced, and edited by Kayla Woods and Venus Dineko. Stay safe, and remember, the dose makes the poison. <laughs>